Now, Christianity has its 13th apostle, a faithful witness to the love, mercy, and truth of Jesus Christ. How about you? Will you be the 13th apostle? I wonder how willing we are, we would be to go to the beasts, to go to the lions, like our early Christian forebears were and did. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the 13th Apostle, where we explore the good, beautiful, and true of the Catholic faith and the Catholic Church and the amazing stories of that faith. This is Tom Caffrey with my co-host, Dan Duddy. Hey, Dan. Hey, Tom. You sound good. Better. Just accept my optimism, all right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, optimism. You sound good. Combination of optimistic and realistic, too. So I got a ways to go. I don't don't even know where. I don't even know where it's going. Uh, Well, Well, it's going. It's going up. Seeing the doctors, so uh, we'll see. Good. Uh, Okay, so this is one of my favorite saints. Is Perpetua. Mm. You know, we we've heard her name countless times during Mass, and I guess a lot of the saints are. And I think particularly we're, we're talking about female saints now, female martyrs whose parents are alive, especially whose fathers are alive, have similar stories to tell. I know two of them, Perpetua and Barbara. Now, Barbara is fully recognized in the Eastern Orthodox Church. She's recognized as a saint but has been removed from the canon by the Roman Church. In fact, there's a movie, I saw a movie on EWTN several years ago which made me weep about Barbara. It was an unbelievably beautiful presentation of the story. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, maybe you could go on to EWTN and maybe in their archives they have that movie. In fact, I may watch it, I may look for it later. It was so good. Uh, and these stories are so powerful. It's almost, they're almost hard to believe. The context, it's like, I always think of Christ's words to St. Thomas. You know, you believe because you've seen, blessed are those who believe yet haven't seen, probably because he knew it was going to be that much more challenging to be 2,000 years later as opposed to two or 300 years later like Barbara and Perpetua. And still, 200, 300 years, two, three centuries, that's still a long time. And to be willing to give up your life rather than renounce your faith is powerful. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so we uh, presented this to ourselves earlier in the week that we were going to talk about women martyrs and I couldn't help but dig into the canon uh, of the mass because of the uh, just the, the way that those names are, you know, kind of they're rattled off to us uh, every Sunday. But do, do we really dig in to the person of the uh, of the names? You know, and once we get to the, to the female uh, names, you know, I confess I really dug in more, much more deeply going into uh, tonight's episode. And I'm glad I'm glad this was uh this was the theme that we took on. 
And yes, uh, found that to be true as well, that Perpetua and Barbara had fathers who very much loved them, but were they were pagans, right? I know that uh, Perpetua's father was absolutely considered pagan, but that he, uh, you know, he went right in, I believe he went right into prison to uh, try and protect her and call her out of it. And she said, I grieved for my father, for he alone of all my kin would find no comfort in my suffering. And that uh, she said that his suffering would be far more greater than hers as a martyr. But of course, she took her martyrdom as a, not not as a suffering, but as an honor you know, for Christ himself. So, yeah, I mean, perpetual and felicity, I, I think they, I, in fact, I know in my readings, they both went in to their respective martyrdoms with, uh, I, th- I believe, with three men and, uh, you know, suffered as as you said at the at the uh, the hands of their procurators or whatever the word is you know the words better better than i do uh among the beasts you know and they were i know they're attacked by leopards and uh bulls or savage cows or something and uh amazingly you know the honor that the women here are showing us in coming to know them personally isn't really much different than the honor that we have for the strong women who, you know, live around us and the nature of who women are. And Perpetua and Felicity, I, I believe, were both with child. And uh, right, Tom? Mm. I think Perpetua was able to keep her child in prison because there were, the law was against taking the child because Perpetua's child was still at, at the breast, was still nursing. And, of course, there were no bottles then. And uh, Felicity had her child before going in. So... Uh, and I think she, she had prayed for that to happen. I think two days before her sentencing, she had given birth. Uh, yeah, so, you know, and with Perpetua having given birth in prison, uh, no, I believe she gave birth in prison as well. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the guard said, you feel that you suffered now. There'll be no suffering that you're about to face, you know, in your persecution. And she said, I, don't, I, I find no suffering in my persecution. So it's really, it's a beautiful story of mothers, the strength of women. And uh, and knowledge of the mass to come more closely related to the names that are really put to us in mass. And those uh, I believe we have five. We have six names that are put to us in mass. We have Lucy, Agatha, Agnes, Cecilia, Perpetua and Felicity. Yeah, I believe there's 42 names mentioned in the canon. And uh, I believe seven, seven women. Yeah. It's uh, so common in our church, and we've talked about this, the, the things that are said, certainly in every Mass. And, you know, we get so used to hearing them that they go in one ear, not the other. Because that's part of what we want to do. Is, you know, we want to put the brakes on and say, let's, let's stop at this name, or let's stop at this part of our faith, and let's examine it. Because maybe the audience isn't, either we or our audience has never examined it before. And the, you know, when Perpetua made that comment about her father, well, she can't, she can only speak from the standpoint of a daughter. She can't speak from the standpoint of a father. Uh, you, know, um, you know, what you and I would do, what lengths to which we would go to, in all likelihood, I mean, to stop our daughters from imminent 
well, catastrophic suffering. You know, almost indescribable uh, suffering. Uh, so I, uh, <laughs> for Perpetua, for Barbara, for any of the fathers of the female martyrs, I totally understand what what they were doing. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting debate. I've heard debates about this. Read discussions about you know the does your death do more for the faith than your life? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the like the priests, the missionaries. In that great book, that story was made into a movie, Silence. Uh, I know Liam Neeson was in this. Was in the movie. And, well, he obviously wouldn't be in the book. But I, I didn't read the book. I saw the movie, and I think it's if you just stepped on that image of Christ, <clears throat> right? You. You'd be saved. Right, I saw that movie. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, right, what's, uh, how do you show your love to Christ? Could your subsequent witness with your life of living the gospel, does that bring more souls to the to Christ? Yeah, well, it's the way they lived their lives, which which is what brought them to their martyrdom. Uh, so that's a story within itself, within when each of those you know beautiful creations, like you and I are. But what's really interesting too about Perpetua is that outside of Perpetua, most of these uh, martyrs and the facts uh, about them were really not necessarily facts because their their life stories had been handed down by word of mouth generation to generation there's been many generations passed on since their time and by the time you know the stories of these famous women were finally written down they you know it's considered that they were had become embellished you know no one really knew for sure but but perpetua wrote about hers and and it's plain to see and it's very reasonable to accept the fact that what she wrote is pretty much exemplary of you know what the others went through you know it was a pretty simple lifetime and the enemy was the enemy so and the the kinds of persecutions and martyrdom that they suffered was somewhat across the board it was pretty much the same so that was that was pretty it was quite a gift from perpetua that she did take the time to actually quote herself and talk about what the human pains and sufferings were as she faced these as she faced her own martyrdom and it was it was something that escalated from prison to a trial a public trial literally out out in the public eating her last meal in front of the public and evangelizing into conversions to many people that would stand and witness her and, and felicity and the three men that that went down with her. And one of her quotes simply gets a little graphic. A few days later, we were lodged in prison, she says, and I was greatly frightened because I had never known such darkness. What a day of horror, terribly heat, owing to the crowds, rough treatment by the soldiers. To crown all, 
I was tormented with anxiety about my baby. And that, that's, that's the mother, that's a beautiful woman uh, going, into, uh, going to face her death. I want to ask you a little personal question here and, uh, and, 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 and our listeners too. We, we know that the, the fast ticket, the, the Amtrak nonstop train to heaven is martyrdom. Tom, have you ever accepted martyrdom? Have you, have you ever prayed? I have. Have you ever prayed, though, for the courage to have the faith of a martyr? Have you ever, have you ever flat out prayed for martyrdom? No. Mm. I have prayed frequently for the courage to be a faithful witness, mm-hmm. come what may, in this culture. And mm. could I martyr my profession? Mm. Uh, you know, would I be willing to to sacrifice uh, that? You know, I I don't have a pension. Mm-hmm. I don't have. There's no financial security. Uh, so, is it easier for someone to say yes when they? Got some sort of a uh, steady income, and if they if they lose their job, or they lose they have their own business, but they lose important clients because of the stands they take. Mm-hmm. True. Know? So mm. that's because mm-hmm. I don't really I don't really see myself as being in a situation in the United States of America of being an actual martyr from the standpoint of death. I do yeah. see it. I do see it in the context that I just said. Yeah, and I think that's referred to as white martyrdom. Uh, yeah, so I do. I I can see the potential for death in this culture. Perhaps not in my years, but not shortly after my years. I mean, not long after my years. I believe shortly after my years, if things continue to go in the way that I I believe that that they're going, uh, but definitely in the spirit of what you just said, as referred to white martyrdom, you know, where you're persecuted in different ways, where you can you could be uh, you could be shunned uh, culturally, especially politically, depending on you know who's who's running the country and what the beliefs are regarding faith. So I, I I do believe we're in this we're in this position of such to uh, at least have concern might be too strong of a word but at least we're in a position where we can't help but envision such because because it's happening. Hey, you know we have a friend Mark Houck, you know who who was uh, by by way of his faith was standing in front of a uh, a Planned Parenthood center for 23 years and suddenly uh, you know his family's attacked by the FBI at the front door. I mean, they came to the door uh, and pointed guns. If Mark had answered that door abruptly and had the spatula in his hand that he was just had in his hand while he was flipping eggs for his family, he's not here right now. And he would have been shot for work at Planned Parenthood. So it's still under our nose. And we know that there's an older gentleman that was killed out in the Midwest, shot down at his front door. That's martyrdom, you know, uh, for the same thing. Uh, saving babies, Catholic man. But then you have so, to, then we get to that question though, which you and I have discussed. What's that? When we've talked about uh, Dorothy Day, servant of God. Mm. Go ahead. With her daughter, because of the misery she experienced, the faith, the devout faith of her mother, 
abandoned the faith and has nine children, maybe one has some semblance of the faith because of what they, I don't know if they described it this way, the poison of their mother and how their, their mother, in their eyes, their, their mother's fanaticism and sacrificing them not thinking that she was sacrificing them. I don't. I never saw anything, never read or heard anything that Dorothy thought, well, yeah, I may be sacrificing my daughter and all my grandchildren, uh, but okay, well, it's worth it for me to do what I'm doing. And uh, so, you know, that's, so that, we're, not, we're only going to get the answer Maybe we won't, whatever. If, we, if we're going to get an answer, it'll be God giving us that answer as to whether that was the right thing to do. And if, you know, if Mark goes to prison for 10 years or whatever, and his children go wayward like Dorothy Day's children and grandchildren, you say, okay, well, were they sacrifices? Were they, you know, were they, uh, were they Abraham's Isaac? Well, you would have to hope and pray that the youngsters were educated in, in the virtues of what actually happened. I mean, in truth, Mark was protecting his young son, Mark, from uh, you know, a physical threat from a guard. Uh, and it got flipped toward the FACE Act, F-A-C-E, acronym for you know, essentially blocking the entrance of Planned Parenthood, which was absolutely false. But... He was being a father on the streets of Philadelphia. It just so happened while he was doing Planned Parenthood work. Yeah, the so, point is, though, when you get to the... I don't want to go too far down this road with Mark, but if you're... When you get to the point where you're saying, okay, well, here's your choice. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever was done was done, so now here's your choice. And whether it's Mark or Dorothy Day or Perpetua... Or you or me, yeah. But, I mean, the ones where it happened... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, perpetual well, felicity, <laughs> not not being there for their children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's. Uh, I heard a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I'm trying to remember the name of the woman. I can't remember, but she was talking about it. She was. Um, I just don't remember enough about her. I just remember one of the things she was talking about, and it was about martyrdom. And she was of the opposite opinion. She said, there's no way, there's no way I'll murder myself. There's just so much uh, I've been blessed. I've been, I've enjoyed, you know, all the good that she's, that she, she and others know that she has done in her life. And she wants to do so much more. And she was very frank about it. She was almost kind of, well, a little humorous in a way. Just saying, I'm not going to do it. I don't think God's going to send me to hell because uh, I, I didn't. I decided against being a martyr in that violent way. But I'm going to go forward. I've committed myself to Christ, and I'm going to remain committed to Christ. But, I'm and, not but how murder. how will she show that commitment to Christ? How does she show that commitment to Christ? Uh, by living the corporal works of mercy. Okay, going to mass. Attending the sacraments, right? Yeah, corporal spiritual works of mercy, but definitely the corporal works of mercy. You know, what are you doing? What are you doing for others? You know, um, it's Saint Ignatius and his his 
spiritual exercises, a commitment to know God better, to know Jesus better, to love him more deeply, and to follow and serve him uh, more completely. Yeah, well, in that way, I mean, she or anyone is not putting themselves outside of the realm into into the physical battle, into into the visibility, whereas where uh, she would be uh, persecuted. You know, un- underground churches are the re- reason why they go underground. So uh, that's an exaggeration of the point. But if you're not out there visibly, you know, standing on a soapbox, uh, like, you know, James did when he went into Jerusalem, then, you know, you're not, you're not really facing martyrdom. So, uh, yeah, gotcha. Uh, it's interesting. Very, uh, yeah, very well, interesting. Catholic, the Catholic faith is a both and faith. It's, that's what it's so, so often referred to as a both and as opposed to an either or. Now, I don't know whether anybody's ever used those, that terminology in this context, you know, where you can have perpetuous and you can have, you know, whatever this woman, but, you know, Mother Teresa took a lot of heat. And I don't know whether she at any time came upon a dilemma uh, and where she chose to maybe give a little bit, so to speak, so she could get a roof for the for the place. Because then what would happen to, say, perpetuous... Thousands, yeah, yeah. thousands of children would suffer. If yeah. so, yeah, I mean, yeah. if you had a thousand perpetuous and they each had a child, you had a thousand perpetuous children perhaps suffering. And mm-hmm. Mother Teresa knew the suffering that her all her people had, and yeah. so would she be thought less of? Well, it doesn't mean yeah, it's a great point, and it does not mean that she was a coward by any means or she was without courage by doing so, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean. And maybe she would say, listen, I was afraid. And I didn't, well, yeah. I didn't want to do that. You know, that could be anybody. But you know, you know what afraid means. You know what, you know what courage means, right? So I'm going to have to say that. It's what happens in the, in the presence of fear. So Right. So which choice? Is there only one choice in fear? Exactly. Right. Is there a yeah. choice? Okay, well, I don't want to do that. I'm going to sacrifice my morals. Right. Yeah. right for it's my ra- own ra- sake. Yeah, it's a rational choice. You know, uh, she, she's, line, maybe she sacrificed herself for her, for her yeah. patients. Yeah, here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. good discussion. All right. Uh, yeah. Danny, I'm going to pray that you're never martyred. If you oh, are, sorry. I'm going to want you know, front seat tickets. See, you can't have both. And then I'm going to tell the story of you. I'm going to spread the word. Not everything, though, okay? And you're going to be in the canon. <laughs> oh, and Danny, it, it's going to be... I, I want to be up there with the men, though, in the in the front. Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Danny. Exactly. Felicity, Perpetua, Tom, Agatha. Don't worry about Just, it. I'm going to take care of it. <laughs> I'm going to tell your story, buddy. All right, man. I, there's not much to say. They, the best part me. about my story is I'm Tom's friend. Danny... That humility is just never gets. <laughs> it's great to have you back, Tom. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, all right. So I don't know. I'm sure somebody out there has been praying for me. Uh, and you know what? We all pray for each other. Uh, come what may. And uh, uh, so uh, thank you for your prayers. And uh, you 
you're welcome for our prayers because Danny and I pray for you guys. Uh, so, uh, okay, Danny. We yeah, stay done. tuned, folks. I got you. Uh, stay tuned for the Angelus and your prayer intentions with Peter and Jemmy. WTPHradio.org. Tell a friend. Tell as many as you can. Share the good news of WQPH and of the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, St. Perpetua, St. Felicity, and all of the martyrs. God bless you, Danny. God bless you, Tommy, and God bless you all. You are listening to WQPH 89.3 FM, Shirley Fitchburg. And now a word from author Peter and Jimmy, who is the host of Your Prayer Intentions, taking place every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. Whether you're donating money or giving us prayers, without you, we don't go on. And if you do want to help us go on, please consider going to wqphradio.org. There's a donate button there. You can give once. You can give monthly. And it makes a difference. It keeps all of our shows, and we have a great lineup of shows, keeps us going. And whether you're a fan of uh, your prayer intentions, whether you like Steve's show, Benedict's Hammer Sundays at Midnight, whether you like Brother Matthew and Brother Anthony from From the Housetops, which is on Sundays, 10.30 a.m. and 4 p.m. Whether you're a fan of the Children's Rosary, which we have every day at 5 p.m., seven days a week. Whether you like our local matter show, which is Saturday at 11, or Talk Catholic, which comes right after us at 12.30. Larry's Music Off, Sunday at 11 a.m. We have the Shepherd's Pie, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Or Dan and Tom with the 13th Apostle, which comes just before us at 1130. Any of those shows and all the stuff you, you donate, you help these things come out. But what also at the WQPH website, in addition to podcasts of our shows, is the prayer wall. Right on the prayer wall, support WQPH and get WQPH 24 hours a day, seven days a week on WQPHradio.org. Thank you for listening to the 13th Apostle with Dan Duddy and Tom Caffrey. For more information on Dan, visit his website at www.danduddy.com or email dcduddy at gmail.com. Tom's website is faithpilgrims.com or email trcaffrey at faithpilgrims.com. How about you? Will you be the 13th Apostle?